0: the crucifixion of the Son of God. The Roman governor, Pontius Pilate, could find no justification for his execution. And even the thief crucified next to him recognized his innocence. And the pain of crucifixion was not just physical, but spiritual. The unbearable weight of the world's sin and shame, past, present, and future, laid upon Jesus as the darkness cut him off from his heavenly Father's presence. And yet, we remember today as Good Friday. I mean, of all the days in history, surely this day cannot be described as good. I remember when one of our children was younger, he always insisted on calling today Bad Friday. But why is today Good Friday? This is because three things Happened on the cross that changed the whole of history, that changed the destiny of the world, that changed your life and mine. What are they? Number one, on the cross, we see the reversal of the fall. The book of Genesis at the start of the Bible describes how the early humans, Adam and Eve, first disobeyed God and brought sin into the world. They took fruit off the tree that was forbidden, with the result being that sin and a curse came upon humankind. And the ultimate cost of this sin, of this curse, is the inevitability of death. But on Good Friday, Jesus, the second Adam, the perfect human, was put on the tree, on the cross, and he took our sin and the curse upon himself so that it no longer rests on us. Galatians 3.13 explains it this way. Paul writes, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. After the disobedience of Adam and Eve, A sign of that curse was described in Genesis chapter 3, verse 17. It says, cursed is the ground because of you. It will produce thorns and thistles for you. That's why a crown of thorns was placed on Jesus's head as he was crucified. A prophetic sign that he was taking the curse upon himself to release us from it. On the cross, Jesus took the curse and all of our sin and shame upon himself. You know, at the Last Supper, the evening beforehand, predicting this, Jesus gave his disciples bread and wine, saying, it was his body and his blood shed for them and for many for the forgiveness of sins. And this would require an act of supreme obedience by Jesus in stark contrast to the disobedience of Adam and Eve. On the cross, the soldiers mockingly offered Jesus not wine, but wine vinegar, and said in Luke twenty-three thirty-seven, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. But as the king of kings, he offered up the wine of his blood, not to save himself, but to save you and me. Before the crucifixion, when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane by the Mount of Olives and knowing what lay ahead, he prayed to his Father in heaven in utter anguish. And yet he prayed the ultimate prayer of obedience. He prayed, yet not my will, but yours be done. On the cross, Jesus reverses the disobedience of the fall with the ultimate act of obedience and sacrifice. And the good news of this reversal of the fall is that you and I can live beyond the grave. If the wages of sin is death, then we need never have those wages because our sin has been dealt with by Jesus who paid the price. In John 11, 25 to 26, Jesus says, "'I am the resurrection and the life. "'Whoever believes in me will live.'" even though they die, and whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? You see, you can receive eternal life through faith in Jesus. Quite recently, I I met this young guy who, he's from uh, another country, but he met a Malaysian girl online. He was not a churchgoer at all. He was from a different faith and he started a relationship with this girl online. And he thought to himself, do you know what, you only live once, why not give it a go? So he applied for a job here in Malaysia and um, he's a bright guy, he got the job and he moved his life to Malaysia. But no sooner had he arrived here that boom, the pandemic broke and the whole world went into lockdown. Even though they were now in the same country, the relationship was still online. And uh, after a while, um, his girlfriend thought, well, there's only so many Netflix movies you can watch together, what are we gonna do? And she, years beforehand, had been to church So she thought, well, maybe there's something sort of church-like we can watch together. And she Googled and somehow found HTBB online, and they began to watch it together. And then finally, as the pandemic uh, faded and things opened up again, they came along to HTBB, and he went on Alpha. And he heard about how Jesus offered him forgiveness of sins and eternal life, and he put his faith in Jesus. And just a few weeks ago, I had the privilege of baptizing him, and they're now both part of our community here. You can know that same good news in your life today. On the cross, Jesus reverses the fall. The second thing that happened is that God's wrath was satisfied on the cross. You see, God is good. He is pure. He is holy and righteous. And his wrath is his righteous anger at sin and injustice. On the cross, Jesus took not only our sin and the curse, but also God's wrath and righteous anger at all that is wrong in the world, all that is wrong in our life. You see, throughout scripture, a symbol of God's wrath is the cup. In Jeremiah 25 verse 15, God says, Take from my hand this cup filled with the wine of my wrath and make all the nations to whom I send you drink it. This is why in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus prays to God the Father and says, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me yet not my will, but yours be done. In an act of supreme sacrificial obedience, Jesus drinks the cup of wrath by dying on the cross so that we, the nations, need not drink it. Now, you might think, why does this matter? Well, otherwise, you could think, okay, you say that God has forgiven me for my sins, but what if when I wake up tomorrow, God's changed his mind and he no longer forgives me. Well, the answer is he won't change his mind because he is not angry anymore. His righteous wrath is satisfied by the cross. That means that the slate has been wiped clean once and for all. If there was a tape with all of the things we've ever done wrong on it, that tape has been wiped. It's empty. And therefore, you can start afresh. You can know that you are forgiven now and for always. This is good news, this Good Friday. And then the third thing that we see on the cross is, yes, the the fall has been reversed. Our sin is forgiven. Yes, God's wrath has been satisfied. He's no longer angry about that sin. But Good Friday is not just about what we don't get, it's also about what we do get. Because on the cross, number three, a beautiful exchange took place. On the cross, not only did Jesus take upon himself our sin, our shame and the curse, but in return, he placed upon us his righteousness and holiness. This was a beautiful exchange, ultimate grace. You see, grace means we don't get what we do deserve, punishment and death, and we do get what we don't deserve, life everlasting and righteousness. Two thieves were crucified with Jesus, one on either side of him. One insults Jesus, but the other says, We are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. But because of the cross, we no longer get what our deeds deserve. And in return, Jesus bestows upon us the free gift of righteousness, a right relationship with God Almighty. St. Paul writes it this way in 2 Corinthians 5.21. He says, God made him who had no sin, Jesus, to be sin for us so that in him, we might become the righteousness of God. So the good news of Good Friday is not just what it means we avoid, but what the cross means that we now get. Would you? like to receive forgiveness and be seen as holy, pure in the sight of God, restored into right relationship with your creator for all eternity. This is true salvation. And the salvation that Jesus offers you and me is immediate. You know, when one of the thieves on the cross says, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus replies in Luke 23, 43 with these words. He said to that thief, I tell you the truth. Today, you will be with me in paradise. Funnily enough, when Jesus had been born, the angel had said to the shepherds in Luke chapter 2, "Today." In the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. And here on the cross, Jesus offers that salvation to the thief today. You can receive that salvation right now, today. All you have to do is choose to put your faith in Jesus as your Lord and saviour. The one on whom you depend for everlasting life. Now, we might want to sit on the fence on this matter of who is Jesus and what has he done for us, but Jesus hasn't given us that option. Ultimately, every one of us has to decide which thief will we be the one who hurls insults or who, acknowledging their guilt, turns to Jesus in faith and says, Remember me. If you would like to do that, then you can pray this simple prayer right now. Maybe you've never put your faith in Jesus before, or you would like to turn back to him in faith for that reassurance that you know you're in relationship with God for all eternity and you need not fear the future, whatever it brings. If so, just echo this simple prayer in your heart right now. Thank you, Jesus, that you died on the cross for me. Heavenly Father, I am sorry for all the ways I've sinned against you, against others, and even against myself. I now turn from all that which I know is wrong. Jesus, thank you that I am now forgiven because you've taken that sin and wrath upon yourself on the cross. And please, would you be with me now forever by your Holy Spirit? Come, Holy Spirit, be with me always. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. It's time to have it